0: Uh, We've had a great time looking at the fruit of the Spirit the last few weeks and looking at what does that look like? How do we know that God's working in our lives? How can we see this fruit happening? How can we improve the quality and the quantity of that fruit? And uh, we're now taking a little bit of a shift into what are some of the gifts that God gives us, that the Spirit gives us, how do we operate in those, what's biblical, what isn't. But before we get to that in the weeks running up to Christmas, I just want to spend one, I suppose, more in-depth biblical day looking at the person of the Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit from a theological basis, from a biblical basis, so that we're confident as a church and we know, okay, who actually is the Holy Spirit? Because that helps us to better understand when we start looking into the gifts that He brings us. So that's the transition, the person of the Holy Spirit, and then from that we move into some of the amazing gifts that He gives us. So we're going to look at uh, whether we need the fullness of the Spirit in church today. We're going to look at who exactly the Holy Spirit is. uh, What are some of the proofs that He's God? What does He actually do? How do we know that He's working in our lives? Uh, Fruit is obviously some of that. And I want you to know that all of us are going to be on a journey in terms of God working in our lives. It's going to be a permanent process of seeing the Spirit work in our lives and understand that I'm on that journey just as much. In fact, um, sometimes you might have heard me give some, uh, some words in terms of people or words of knowledge. I've had some hilarious examples I'll just be, I'll, I'll step go, I'm stepping out and going, guys, I'm really certain that uh, there's some people like this. And I've done this at schools and at other churches. And there's just this deathly silence and there's no response. And I'm just sitting there going, oh my goodness, Lord, I should never do that again, ever, ever, ever. And it's all just this learning process of us listening to God. So I've been on this journey myself as well. The first question, do we actually need... The fullness of the Holy Spirit in church today. Do we even need it? Should we even explore that? Uh, Do we actually need the fullness of the Holy Spirit as we see in the New Testament today? Well, I've got a great story. A man cut his hand quite badly one day, but he managed to drive himself to the hospital. He walked in and he saw a sign over the two doors, which were the options of emergency and non-emergency. So he's like, Well, I've cut my hand. Uh, let me go through the non emergency. I'm not, not going to die from this, probably. So he goes through the non emergency door. Now, going through, um, sorry, so. He, he sees the signs and he's like, The hand is cut quite badly. I go wrong. Let me go through the emergency door. This isn't one I can just sit for hours. It's cut. Let me go through the emergency door. As he gets through that, he sees two more doors and one says internal injury, the other says external injury. So he's like, Okay, well, obviously, uh, you know, the blood's coming out. It's an external one. So he's like, Let me walk through that one. And he gets through that door. This is a highly organized hospital, just so you know. He gets through that one. And once he's through that one, he sees the next option, which is upper body or lower body. So he's like, well, it depends if my arm's down here. So he says, great. So uh, obviously mine is upper body problem. So he walks through the upper body section. And to his surprise, he finds himself back in the car park. So arriving back home, he talks to his wife. And he asked, well, and she asked, well, how did it go in your hospital experience? How did the process go? And he says, well, they were highly organized, but they weren't very effective. Highly organized, but they weren't effective. And they didn't help me very much at all. And part of the reason I believe that so many people are disillusioned with church, disillusioned with the church, is often we can be highly effective in diagnosing things, highly effective in directing and leading people, but we don't actually help. We don't actually help with people's deepest issues. And so we uh, can attend church and we can, we can get stuck in, but we aren't living a life full of the power and the presence of the living God. Because whilst the Bible teaches us of this miracle working almighty God, we don't experience it. We don't experience it. So we see organization, but we don't experience power that makes us question a lot of what we're doing. But God's not absent. He is very much present. And just waiting for us to press into Him and step out in faith. And we really need the Holy Spirit if we're going to make any real impact in the world in which we live. That's what we were praying when we were out at the prayer meeting. Please come at 8.30. Uh, that's where the magic happens. It's where the power happens. Prayer where power happens. And we, we were there praying and we were saying, Lord, we, we want to impact this world. It's not just going to happen by attending it's not going to happen by great systems it's going to happen by the power of the living God and so do we need God yes 100% there's a story told often of uh, having a glove And doing church without the Holy Spirit's power is like the glove but not having it on. And you can sort of whack people around or you can tickle people with this empty glove. But until you put your hand in it and you use the glove for what it's supposed to be used for, you're not going to be effective. And the reality is, is the world in which we live doesn't need a tickle. It needs a punch. Doesn't need a little tickle and a soft tickle of church life. It needs a punch to move people from light to darkness, to move people into what God has called them to. So, who's the Holy Spirit? I've got a quick video clip to help us in this process, and you'll have a great understanding of who He is after this minute and a half. I know what that guy's uh, doing. So uh, the process. Some of you might have seen Star Wars, and uh, this little boy obviously trying everything he can to do what they do in Star Wars. The dog doesn't listen. The little baby doesn't listen. uh, Eventually, the car does, thanks to mom and dad pressing the turn on button. But so many people, so many of us, may have this thought that the Holy Spirit is a bit like that. He's this force. This mysterious force. He's a power almost like Star Wars. A bit freaky, maybe ghost-like, maybe strange. But that couldn't be further from who he is. So you cannot talk about the Holy Spirit without talking about something called the Trinity. Now you don't find this word in the Bible. It's what we use to describe this amazing effect of one God in three persons but all God. And I just want to say we need to be okay with mystery we're always okay with it. An example would be light. Light travels in waves, it travels in particles. We don't know why that happens or how that happens, but we're okay with it in general. The same should be in the church. We should be okay with mystery. I'm happy that I serve a God larger than my understanding. And there aren't really any illustrations that really help describe what the Trinity is as God is one God, but consisting of the Father, Son, and the Spirit. So although three, He's one. And whilst we might struggle to understand this and struggle to grapple with this, Scripture gives us amazing evidence of this. It's not something that we make up. It's incredible evidence of this one God operating in distinct persons, but one God. Genesis 1 verse 26. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, I haven't got it up on the top because I do have a number of verses. And uh, I just wanted uh, us to look across at these different ones. Boy, get plugged in. Genesis 1, verse 26. And some of you might pick up what's strange in this passage or what looks strange. But this is what it says. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Interesting phrase. Then God said, let us make man in our image. It's just one. It's just God. Why would he say our image? He would say my image. Let me make, let me make man in my image. But it's very strange and it's very significant that it's placed there to show the plurality of who God is. A glimpse into His triune nature. We see again in Luke 3, verse 22, this amazing passage. Jesus is baptized. We did that a few weeks ago. If you haven't been baptized, God wants you to do it. Get stuck and We're going to do it at the beginning of next year as well. Don't miss out what He has for you in that. But this is what it says, Luke 3, 22, And the Holy Spirit descended on Him, Jesus... In bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. Saying you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. So this is amazing. We've got Jesus. God in the flesh. Son of God. We've got his father. Completely God as well. Saying this is my son who I love. And the Holy Spirit there present as well. All God. uh, Operating in three distinct ways. So... uh, when we, when we look at that question of who is the Holy Spirit, He's completely and utterly God. He comes to make God's eternal purpose happen and pass on earth. He's not a force or a ghost. He is God. Even more amazingly, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come in power in a fresh way to mark the new covenant of grace. And was that just the Holy Spirit coming then at Pentecost? Well, actually, no. He was there at the beginning of time. Genesis 1 verses 1 to 2 what this says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God the Holy Spirit the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters so he has always been there it's not like suddenly this force came and appeared with us the Holy Spirit is God and he has always been there so what are some further proofs that he is actually God from the Bible can we get that can we really get that, that the Holy Spirit who we talk about is God? We most certainly can. Matthew 28, verse 19, he's classed in that same passage. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Some of you may have heard this phrase before, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is collective in his sense of being God, and uh, that's what Jesus says. Acts 5, verse 3 to 4. Now, this is quite a terrifying verse, uh, so it's important for us to think through it, but it's talking about Ananias and Sapphira, and some of you may have heard of this story, where uh, they did a little bit of undercover lying about property they sold, and they kept back some of the money, and uh, the church guys found out about it, and they actually dropped dead as a result. So... um, it wasn't the fact that they kept back the money. It's the fact that they lied about it. This is what it says. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? wasn't an issue. You guys are able to sell land and keep the money. The problem was is they just pretended that this was all the money, but they were actually telling stories. While it remained unsold, did, you not, did not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Now listen to this. Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. You notice verse 3, he says, why did your heart lie to the Holy Spirit? Now he says, verse 4, why you've not lied to man, but to God. And in this place, the is saying, the Holy Spirit is God. That's what he's getting across in this and using it interchangeably. What else do we know about the Holy Spirit? He does the work that only God can do in our lives. Does the work that only God can do. John 3 verse 5 to 7. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, unless you're born water being through mom and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So maybe you're here and you're exploring faith. Maybe friends have invited you and you've gone, what is this all about? I want you to know that we live and we're born and we grow old in this lifetime. But there's actually a new birth that God has for you. There's a transformation in your heart when you give your life to Christ, where you become a new person and heaven becomes your true home and destination. You live a life full of purpose and joy in this lifetime and the lifetime beyond. So if you're here and you're exploring faith, be open to that, that the Holy Spirit wants to see you move from darkness to light, to have a new hope and a future. Matthew 12, verse 28. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is Jesus talking and He's saying the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit and the Kingdom of God comes upon you. What else? The Holy Spirit has the attributes of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. The Spirit knows everything about you and I and about God because He's God Himself as well. And so for you... The one thing we can all be sure of is God knows everything about our lives. The things we may try and keep as a secret, the things that no one else knows, the things that we're concerned about, our worries, the things that we're concerned about in this nation, about the future, He knows and He's active in that process. He has the attributes of God. Luke 1 verse 35. The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, who to to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. The Holy Spirit put Jesus in Mary's body. He's active, he's God. He does things that only God can do, unless you know someone else who's able to do that. Psalm 139, verse 7 to 8. David says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I send to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there as well. The Spirit, He is God. He does the works of God towards us. I can't look at all of these, but He speaks to us. He helps us. He's called the helper. He prays for you and I. He teaches us. He guides us. He comforts us. He calls us into ministry. He does what only God can do. I trust that just some of those scriptures, I want you to do your own research as well. You check it out for yourself as well. But I trust from looking at those, you're pretty sure... That He's no longer like what we saw there, the force in the VW advert. But the Holy Spirit is God and we can know him as that. A friend of mine, Julian Adams, he once said that he's sure that the Holy Spirit is the most left out person of the Trinity. He just sits there and goes, how often do we ever talk to the Holy Spirit? Or how often do we acknowledge that he's even active and part of the Trinity? We don't. And he's like, shame. The Holy Spirit feels left out in terms of the Trinity. We need to acknowledge that He is fully and completely God. And so what does He do? What does He do? And then we're going to do some prayer time in a little bit. Well, He does us good. He does us good. John 16 verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. To your advantage. We would have looked and gone, if only I lived in biblical times. I often thought this. If only I lived when Jesus was with me. He was on earth, in human, physical flesh. Imagine And actually Jesus sits there and says, we actually have it better than they did. We have it better because he had to leave for the Holy Spirit to come. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But when I go, I will send him to you. So that's what he does. He comes to help. If you're sitting here and going, I have no idea what to do in life with the economy, with a relationship that you're in, with a, a situation you're dealing with of hurt, if you're sitting going, I just don't know what to do, there is a helper. There is a helper who comes alongside and he knows just what to do. What else does he do? He tells us that we're God's children. Romans 8 verse 15, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, The real translation of that is daddy, father. So you might go, but that's a bit weird. How can God be called my daddy? Well, that's what the Bible writers say. That's what Paul, the one who wrote a huge portion of the Bible, he used to call God daddy. That's how close and intimate his relationship with him was. But if you're struggling to go, do I know the Lord? Do I not? Have I really given my life to him or not? That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to tell you, no, no, you are a son. No, you are a daughter and he comes to secure that in your heart. So if you don't have that, maybe a case of going, well, do I actually know the Lord or do I need to ask him for his help? What else does he do? He helps us to obey God. If you're struggling to obey God, if you're sitting here going, I just really want to follow God, but I just, I'm finding it difficult. I keep struggling to obey what he has to say. You need more of the spirit. Ezekiel 36, 27, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. If you're struggling to obey God's rules, to follow him, you need the spirit. Zimbabwean drivers need that a lot. But Sarah and I were talking about this morning. We were saying the culture that we have in this nation is a culture of rebellion. That's what we have from the big to the small. Why do I need to obey traffic lights? I don't have to. Why do I need to wait in a queue? I don't need to do that. We've got a spirit of rebellion amongst us as a nation. We can do what we want. We're Zimbabweans. We don't have to obey anything. We really need to say, Holy Spirit, actually, will you help us to be people who reflect you to others around us? So I would hope, this is what I trust. I would hope that as Harvest Church, I would hope we are the ones who stop at red lights. I would hope we are the ones who wait in queues. I hope that people would actually look at us and go... My goodness, why are those guys different to almost all of society? And would be an example to people that we actually have a God that we serve who's alive, who leads us to do the right things. Few more. The Holy Spirit gives us courage and power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Acts 2 verse 41. So those who received the word of God were baptized. And that day, 3,000 people were added. Matthew 10. When, where they deliver you over to jail terms and to be locked up. Do not be anxious about how you're to speak or what you're to say. For what you're to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of the Father speaking through you. Struggling to share your faith. Need more of the Spirit. Struggling to share what Jesus has done in your life with friends, with family, with colleagues. You need more of the Spirit in your life. I need more of the Spirit. I'm really loving playing touch rugby with uh, a bunch of mates, some of them who know Jesus, some of them who don't. And uh, we're just starting to get to the place where we're having great conversations about what each of us does and, uh, and, and what, what church means or what it means to be a pastor. But I need just as much courage to you to say, hey, to take it a step further and go, you know, actually, this is what Jesus has done in my life. And I want you to know about it. It takes courage. But we're not going to see the world changed and transformed unless we have the power of the Spirit within us to give us boldness and courage. I pray that we would have that as a church. Final three. The Holy Spirit prays for us. Romans 8 verse 26. He helps us in our weakness. He intercedes. He prays. On our behalf. If you're sitting going, I'm feeling weak this morning. If you're sitting going, I don't know what to do in this situation. You can be absolutely sure that he is praying for you in this moment. He gives us great gifts. We've looked at the fruit, the outworking. He gives us great gifts. We're going to look at this in depth in the next three weeks. Romans uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 4. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. That's what I want us to be as a church, that we pursue love, but we earnestly desire what he has for us, especially that you may prophesy. One speaks in a tongue, speaks not to men, but to God, for no one understands him. But he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding encouragement and consolation. I love those words, pursue love but earnestly desire as a church. And in these next few weeks, we're going to be praying for each other at the front where we're really going to get stuck into what God has for us. But I want to challenge you as we go away in the next week ahead, I want to challenge you on those two points. Are you pursuing love? Because power without love is very dangerous and love without power is ineffective. So God says we need to pursue love. That's our priority. That's our priority as Christ follows. It's loving him and loving other people. But then are you earnestly desiring the gifts that he brings to bring an authority and a weight to the love that we have for people? Because we want to be radically loving, but we want to be radically effective at the same time. Just so excited. There's just so many gifts that God gives that we're going to look at. Prophecy, service, exhortation, teaching, generosity. Spoke to some people this week saying they have a radical gift of generosity. Just flows out of them. Generosity of time, generosity of money, just generosity flows out of them. It's a gift that God has given them. Yes, we should all be generous, but there's some people who just excel in certain areas. Words of knowledge, faith, healing, working of miracle, miracles, administration. What can we really have the gift of administration? Yes, just talk to my wife. I do not have that gift, and I don't even try and desire it. What's the point? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a gift. Just as valuable as any other gift. We've got such a tendency to put these gifts on different pedestals. Penis- this person's got the gift of healing. This person has the gift of faith. This person has the gift of prophecy. I want these people, people going, oh my goodness, this person has the gift of administration. Because if you don't have administration, things do not function as they're supposed to. The gift of service. There's those people who just are radically serving. They're the first to put their hands up to say, it doesn't matter, day or night, I'll help you move house. I'll help this, I'll help this. It's a gift of the Spirit. And we want to earnestly desire these gifts and we want to pursue these gifts that God has for us. So that's going to be the challenge as we go forward. None are more important than the others. They're all for the purpose of strengthening the church and showing the world that God is truly alive. That's what they're there for. To demonstrate the fact that God is alive. But the key thing that I want you to remember. And you to think on as we leave today. Is are you pursuing love? Number one. And are you eagerly desiring? Number two. We're going to look at that as we go. So what shows that he's working in our lives? We're going to pray. We've looked at it over the last few weeks. The fruit. We've looked at it. We're going to continue to look at that and think on it. But how do we know the spirit is active and working in our lives? The fruit. Of the spirit, Do you feel like you're bearing fruit? Are you practicing the fruits of the Spirit? Which do you need to work on more? If you've missed out for a few weeks, you can download the podcast or listen online. Are you feeling low on joy? Be filled with the Spirit. Christ followers should be the most joy-filled people. Because we have the Spirit working with us. Low in God's power, be filled with the Spirit. Lo patience, be filled with the Spirit. Paul is great on talking about this. He says, be filled with the Spirit. But what we miss out in the English language is that when he talks about be filled, it's present continuous. Continue to be filled. Daily be filled with the Spirit. There's moments, there's significant moments where the Spirit comes on us in power, where He fills us in power. But if we think that that's it, there's a huge problem because we need to daily be reminded and filled with His Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is means God's character is seen in our lives. The gifts of the Spirit means God's power. We're His representatives on earth and I just so want us as a people to display both. I so want us to display His character and His power. Not one or the other, but both. Close with a story. Once a younger man was sharing a train compartment with an older man. He turned out that they were both Christians, but the younger man had really been struggling to live a godly life. The older man asked him if he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, to which the man, younger man shook his head. The older man took out his pen and asked him whether he thought that he could balance the open pen on the upright palm of his hand. Try and do this in the, you know, without moving your hand. Try and balance this pen. Feeling the shaking of the train, the younger man said, of course, it's not possible for me to do this. Then the older man took the pen and balanced it on the palm of his hand whilst holding the top of the pen with a finger in his right hand. Rather disgusted, the young man said, but you're not balancing it at all. Your other hand is holding it up. The older man replied, son, on this rickety, bumpy train, there's no way that I could keep the pen up by myself. And my young friend, on this rickety, bumpy ride of life, there's no way that you could keep yourself upright by yourself. You need the Holy Spirit to hold you up and help you. We can't live for for God to the maximum without the filling and the continual filling of the Holy Spirit. Next week we're going to look at that in more depth. We're going to pray for each other. We're going to get people up to pray. But I just trust today that's given you some clarity on who the Holy Spirit is. Some deep biblical clarity and some expectation and excitement on what it means to pursue love and what it means to eagerly desire. Let's pray. So with your heads bowed there's this amazing passage in Luke 11 this is Jesus talking he says I tell you ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and it will be opened to you For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds the one who knocks it will be opened What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, to your children, how much more will your heavenly father pour out and give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Lord Jesus, as we as we look to the next few weeks, as people young, old, on different journeys of faith, I know one thing, and that's that you have so much more for each of us. I know that we never reach maturity and faith. Until we pass from this life into the next. Until we're with you. I know that there is always growth. There is always learning. And I know Holy Spirit that's not going to happen without you. Maybe if you just take a moment to. Settle in your heart where you are. In preparation for the weeks ahead. Maybe you're visiting you're exploring faith and i want you to open up your ears and your heart today to say maybe just maybe there's a real living god and i want to explore that what that means maybe for some of us we've enjoyed knowing god but to be honest we have seen the holy spirit as a strange kind of force and Getting gifts from him and growing in those areas is just something we've stayed away from for recent times or for years because we've just been a little bit freaked out. I think the challenge for you is to go actually biblically, let me explore a bit more this week, but let me get to those two of pursuing love and eagerly desiring. And I want to challenge you to be expectant to the new and fresh things he might have for you. Maybe some of you are, are thriving and you're living all out in faith and you, you, you experience the fullness of the Spirit and you feel like you're walking with Him each day. He's filling you up. You're excited. You've got courage. You've got boldness. You're going for it in faith. A few I just want to say continue to pursue love. Continue to pursue love. So, Lord Jesus, as we... Prepare and get set for the weeks ahead. I ask for each of us that we would be in a state of rest, a state of peace, but a state of excitement at what you have for us. We know the gifts and we want to be, uh, sorry, we know the fruit and we want to be growing in the fruit. And now we want to be eagerly expectant for the gifts that you have for us. Not for ourselves, but to benefit and bless this community of believers and ultimately the city and ultimately the nation. Thank you for this time we've had together ask for this week that we would really walk as the Christ followers that you've called us to be. Thank you that um, we're, we're on a journey of faith and we want to continue to see more and more people come to faith amongst us. And so we, we continue to ask that you'd help us to be on that journey with others and that we would continue to see many people give their lives to you. If you were too scared to raise your hand, that's okay. Please come and see me afterwards. It happened a few weeks ago. I would, I would love to lead you in a prayer of coming to faith. But otherwise, Lord, thank you for what you've done amongst us and we're excited for the weeks ahead. In your name we pray. Amen.